Welcome, welcome once again to 720 and 720. This is John Schulman, and we have, for all you coaches that have this dream of moving up and getting a job, and it's right during the middle of March and April, and everybody's going ballistic about this, we have the most important person in the country that can tell us exactly how to get a job, how not to get a job, what to do and what not to do. Katie Young Stout, Katie Young. I knew you as Katie Young. So first you of did, all, welcome. John. Good welcome. morning. How, how are you doing? I'm you doing great. Today? Good? I'm great. Katie Young, the first time I ever talked to Katie Young, she worked for the legend, Bob Bodine. And uh, <laughs> Katie, how old were you at that time? I might have been about 22. I was there from the time I was 22 to 30, so somewhere along in there. I, may, I might have been around 23, I think, when that search was open. So so you knew you knew at that time that you were going to be one of the most powerful females in sports. I don't know about that. I don't know what I knew, but I knew that I had a great mentor. And I think everything, you know, if you can get a great mentor early in life, you can go as far as you want. I mean, that's that's the whole key. Well, if Bob Bodine, for people that don't, the power of who, and, and he was the most godly. I met him in Dallas, and I was freaked out. I was scared to death, uh, and you worked for him and learned the business of the search firm business. Uh, now, you all, at that time, uh, he was looking for, I know he ran search forms for, I mean, search searches for, like, basketball coaches, but he did ADs at that time also, Correct. He was actually one of the first uh, search firms to actually do an athletic director search back in the late 90s. And I joined in 2004, and we did everything from men's basketball searches, women's basketball, athletic directors, presidents of teams, GMs of NBA teams, um, VPs of sponsorship, you know, all, all the way down to, to uh, waste management searches. So it was a great experience, and I owe a lot to Bob, and he's, he's the best. Okay, you left there and went where? So I left uh, Eastman Bodine and went out to Vegas um, and started running uh, Foundations for Coaches. So I wanted to combine my passion for nonprofit with my, my passion for helping coaches and helping people. So I actually helped start the Dave Rice Foundation out at UNLV. Yep. And uh, I realized very quickly I hated event management because <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really think about it when I was doing business development. When I signed on a coach to do a foundation, then actually you have to run events. So. I decided uh, after Vegas to go uh, get some experience on the campus, worked at UC Riverside under the legendary Jim Woldridge, former K-State coach, uh, you know, UC Riverside coach, worked for him when he was the athletic director, um, outstanding guy, learned a lot there, two years um, running marketing, and then had the opportunity to go back to Dallas and work for Learfield for a couple of years, running their entire recruiting operation for uh, their sales force on, um, on campuses, their general managers and managers of business development. So did that for a couple of years. I met my husband. He was living in Houston at the time, working for the Rockets. And we, um, you know, I decided that I needed a, a career that was more flexible. If I was going to be married to a, an NBA <laughs> yeah. coach slash scout, you know, we have to be nimble and be able to be flexible to move on like all all coaches' wives should, right? I always tell people I double as a coach's wife. Absol- I'm not just a search firm, but um, which which helps me out, you know, just, just to know kind of what coaches are thinking because I live with one. But um, did that, and then I had the opportunity to go back to executive search. I've been back in search for the last four years, uh, doing athletic directors and mostly um, head men's basketball and football coaches. And we actually have a couple women's basketball searches right now as well, and, and uh, just picked up the Yale tennis search. So kind of a jack-of-all-trade <laughs> here. <laughs> well, you, you're smart because, one, you had a great mentor. You learned the business, and then you went. Um, a lot of these people don't kind of, to me, they don't get it. 
uh, because they've never kind of been on a college campus or they've never kind of really a feel on what's going on. So, I mean, for you to marry a basketball coach, very smart. I know that's the only reason you married him. <laughs> all right, to help you professionally. Uh, but right. to, to be on a college campus and, and then to be under Bob and to do the things that you've done, that's what makes you the elite. And because you're the elite, you're going to spend the next few minutes with us helping uh, young college coaches or even high school coaches that want to make them move up to college, but really college assistant coaches that want to make the move to be a college head coach. And it's a, it's a, it's a game. It's become, I just spent two days up in Minneapolis. I did not see you. I saw coach Fogler, but I, but it's, it's a game and it's a game within a game and you got to do it right. And you got to have the right graphics and you got to have the right this and the right that. So help us. All right. I'm going to be a college assistant coach. Um, Don't worry about what level. Help me get started with the process. What do I need to be thinking about? I want to be a head division one coach. Where do I start? What do I do? And help me with the process. Sure, John. Well, that's a little bit of a broad uh, topic. (laughs) I Um, I was just at the coaches consortium helping, um, you know, up up there. And I did an NABC panel, actually mock interviewed two coaches, um, one assistant coach who had formerly, you know, been a head coach before, went back to being an assistant, and then um, another gentleman who is a head coach at a, at the JUCO level, but he's been in Division One before. So, um, really interesting. You know, everyone, no one can really compare. You can't compare yourself to others, right? Every, someone else's path is not going to be the same as your path. So, there's no cookie cutter way to really talk about this. But I think the number one thing that I would tell guys um, and assistant coaches that want to be a head coach is get with a great program. Get with a winning program, get with a winning head coach, someone who's going to mentor you, someone who's actually going to allow you to do more than your job description, right? So if you're the the number three assistant on a, you know, a mid-major staff, what else are you doing besides just, you know, recruiting and, okay, I'm running a practice plan, I'm doing a scout. What else are you doing? Um, are you going to lunch with a marketing person? Are you are you over there helping um, in development? Maybe you're speaking at a donor event that your head coach can't go to. So what are you doing extra on the staff? Um, and is your head coach letting you do this? You have to go with someone who's going to actually allow you and mentor you and help you uh, grow. And it doesn't have to be Power Five. You know, I just um, I speak at the the think tank every year for African American coaches out in Fullerton. Dietrich Taylor just had two guys from Fullerton staff get head jobs in Division One. John Smith went to Cal Poly. Danny Sprinkle went to Montana State, and they're at Fullerton. Okay, this is not like high level. This isn't Villanova. We're talking about. So it's all about who you get with. It's all about who your head coach is and how they're helping you grow as, as a head coach. So when you sit in that interview, when you get a chance to sit in that interview in front of the committee, you can talk about that you've done all these things. I've managed academic services. I've managed, you know, uh, compliance. I've managed marketing. I've, I've done everything with my head coach. And so that's really a differentiating factor. It doesn't matter what level you're at. But if you look at that in exam- as an example, you just have to get with a great head coach. Okay, I'm going to ask you a tough question. All right, <laughs> this is a tough one. I'm a Division two head coach. Uh, I'm dying to be. I'm a. I'm a Division two head coach. I'm a junior college head coach. I'm a D three head coach. Uh, but I'm dying to get to live the dream. I want to have that one shining moment. What we talked about, and I want to be a Division one head coach. Uh, I've had great success wherever I am. Uh, do I need to make the move, Katie? Do you think? Do I need to make the move from a D two head coach to a Division one Power Five assistant, or even a, just a Division one assistant to give myself a chance to become a Division one head coach? This is a really tough one. You know, John, I get this <laughs> every day of the week, uh, especially in March and April. Um, I think that it really is situa- situational, but I think you have a much better shot if you are on 
to be a Division One head coach if you can talk about your Division One experience. You know, yeah. I know a lot of guys that have won a lot of games at D2 in the JUCO level that want to be Division One coaches, and they can't get a sniff. Maybe they get an interview, and then they go with this other person. But you can't take away your head coaching record. Once you have that record, once you have all those wins on your record, they're going to go back and say, well, you know, you're you're going to be light years ahead of all the other assistants that haven't been, um, you know, head coaches. So I would say absolutely go, you know, it might only take a year. I mean, look, look at if you look at a situation like, you know, A.W. Hamilton, for example, yep. was at Hartford Military Academy, yep. right? Spends one year with Kevin Keats, one or two, I think it was one year. Boom. He's a he's a head coach. Because so he, had, he had an unbelievable record. He had called a million timeouts and he got a million wins. So an AD is going to look at that. And if you go, you know, spend time on a, a division one level, and it's not necessarily if the guy can coach or not, right? An AD is not questioning your ability to coach. They're questioning your ability to be a CEO of a division one program, which is a lot different than, you know, a JUCO program or an NAIA program or a D2 program or even D3 program. So, um, you know, certain individuals have been able to move up. I mean, look at Chris Beard, right? He moved up, but that's very rare. Yeah. If you look at the track record, I think that I've, if I'm a D2 head coach, I'm going to go latch on to someone who's not going to be a micromanager of me, but I'm going to go help them win games. And then, boom, the next year, uh, you're going to be head coach because you have a win-loss win record and no one else does that's going up for that job. So, absolutely. And I know it's really hard for guys to do because they all want to be, you know, I, yeah. I, I like being head coach. Okay, well, then, you know, then stay where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you, Kate. We could stop the podcast right this second, and you've been more helpful to uh, to the to the industry of college coaching than any other podcast we've done because it, it that's that's just what you do for a living and this is the searches and people need to hear this i've got good friends of mine who are junior college head coaches that want that next job and and it's very rare i think i mean it's very rare to go from a junior college head coach to a division one head coach you got to make that next jump and that next jump is to go be a Division One assistant. And then what you're saying is you can look back. Now you're a Division One assistant. Now you've got that experience. And your head coaching record will follow you there. So now you got the best mm-hmm. of both worlds. Exactly. And I think that, you know, athletic directors are in, under so much pressure. You know, they're under a lot of pressure. Not only – and I'm not talking about winning a press conference necessarily. I'm just under, you know, the pressure of the constituents. They've all got trustees on their committee. They've all they've got to put you in front of their, their provost and their president. If you're in there and you're – you know, a junior college head coach, it's really hard to pull the trigger whenever you're compared to someone who just said, hey, look, I was just on a NCAA team in Division One, and this is who my mentor is, and this is how I've learned, and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, um, you know, if you're if you're sitting, if you're an assistant coach who's had a head coaching job at any level, uh, you don't care what level it is. Um, for example, we just did the Fairfield search with Paul Schlickman and uh, Jay, Jay Young ended up getting the job from Rutgers, right? Rutgers didn't necessarily have a great record this year but he had been at stony brook where they won and he'd also been a sitting head coach at a different level right so that was a little bit in in the worst you know it came kind of pushed him to shove and he was against this other guy that didn't have head coaching experience although he was from a winning program unbelievable interview great guy they were both awesome but the differentiating factor was jay had been a head coach before so really so really more comfortable with that individual at the time you know of fairfield basketball than they did with the other guys so you know, nothing personal. It's just they felt more comfortable saying this guy has already been run, he's already run a program. No matter what, you know, what level is he had that pressure on his shoulders as a head coach. Katie, you're good. I ain't gonna lie to you. You're good. You're Does that good. make sense? Oh, it's no, it's good. <laughs> I'm I'm getting a lot out of it because I'm trying to help coaches too, and these are great answers. 
not just for our listeners, great answers for me. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple other tough questions. Um, sure. Um, uh, coaches think that ADs are, okay, all right, you ready? Uh, truth or myth? Uh, coaches think that, that sometimes ADs are more, uh, I, I guess they're, they're more into the press conference than making the right decision. Uh, true or false? Is that pre- is that press conference I, I so AD, important? I, I think it's really situational, John. I think some ads are probably more concerned with that, but others just go get their person. Right? They don't care. They're they're maybe they have a previous relationship with that person, and that's what, kind of what I wanted to talk a little bit about. How do you get in the mix? Right? Yes, forget yes. winning the interview. Forget winning the job. Forget winning the press conference. But how do you actually get yourself involved? And I think um, I always tell young assistant coaches, kind of back to the. Back to think, what are you doing on your campus right now to differentiate you from other other people? And that's creating relationships with your own administration because you don't know when that deputy AD is going to go get a head job. And guess who they're going to hire? Someone they don't know or someone they know. They're more likely to at least you're going to get in the mix by, hey, you know what? I worked with that John Showman. He was really sharp. I remember I stopped by practice. I loved how he interacted with the student athletes. Um, you know, and maybe they don't know a lot of basketball coaches, but they know that you, they they know what they know, right? They know what they saw devil you know is better than the devil you don't know right that's, what, <laughs> that's kind of the line that you always hear but yeah. um but it comes to you know and wad and i've kind of come up in this business right with all these all these guys bob odin would say hey go to lunch with that guy go to lunch with this person um and now they're all athletic directors and so, you know maybe 15 years ago they weren't so that's the same with coaches so when you're an assistant coach and you know 10 years 10 years from now it might not be next year but somebody from that step you know from that administration may be an athletic director well, I, I go help um, Jay Billis do his coaches development camp, and um, in June in Charlotte, and and everybody, I tell all of our co- young coaches, uh, everybody's trying to get in front of Jay. Everybody wants to talk to Jay. Everybody wants that relationship with Jay. I, I I just told him, I said Jay ain't gonna coach. I said what y'all need to do is develop coaches within this group. You have forty of you. One of you forty may end up being a Division One head coach, and now what kind of relationships you got with those guys? So develop relationships. You don't have to de- develop a relationship with your AD. It, it, you need one, but you're right. Uh, you got associate ADs, assistant ADs. Those guys want to be ADs too, and, and two of the three, two of the eight are going to end up being ADs, and now you're going to have a relationship with those guys, and that's how you can get involved with jobs because it still comes down to relationships get you in, correct or incorrect. I would say that is very accurate, but I'd also say they're great references for you as well. So um, if I work with you at, a, at an institution 10 years ago, you know, just, just like right, you and I are on the phone right now, right? Yeah. I helped you in a situation, and now I'm on your podcast. So yep. it's, just, it's just relationships, and you guys are the best recruiters in the world. You throw 100 kids on the wall, and half of them can't get, but then you spend all this time <laughs> getting to know their mom, their dad, their girlfriend, their AAU coach, but you don't treat your career like that. You know, you got to treat your career like recruiting. What are your 30 dream jobs? Who are the people that you've met along the way that you that you know when you you still keep in touch with? Did you you know, do you send your your compliance person a T-shirt, you know, whatever. Right. So do you go to your do you send your conference office people um, a T-shirt when you're when you're recruiting in the city that your conference office is in? Do they know who you are? Because if I get a search and, you know, we've got a, a great profile. This is the this is the profile of what we're looking for. I immediately think, okay, who do I know? Who's been really impressive to me that might fit this profile? It's not a short list. It's not a stable of candidates. It's relationships. It's you know from the 300 coaches I know, who are the five guys I've met that might really fit what this athletic director is looking for? And then you go do referencing. We do so much, so much referencing now with the FBI and all the stuff going on, academic scandals. 
you cannot reference enough. So I call the strength coach maybe you worked with three schools ago. I call the athletic trainer that you worked with maybe at your previous school that I know and have a relationship with because we do a lot on campuses. I call an athletic director maybe that you worked with. So I had a situation the other day where one of the individuals in, in the Fairfield search had worked with an athletic director who I'm really good friends with. And that guy's word saying, hey, this guy's unbelievable, great integrity. That means a lot to me when someone can say that about you. And he probably had no idea that that guy would be a reference because he didn't know that I knew him. Um, so that's really how this thing works. So do you work, assistant coaches, do you work Do you work with everybody and recruit everybody, not just players, but do you work recruiting everybody and talking to everybody and establishing genuine relationships because you never genuine know. Genuine relationships, that's the key. Yeah, Everyone can spot a phony. <laughs> no, genuine relationships are the uh, – I, and I talk to our guys, you know, and, but I – listen, I have a very low IQ but a very high EQ. And and I can I can same John same. I, I'm telling you I can sniff it out in about two seconds. I spent, I was so ready to get out of Minneapolis because it was disgusting. You know I, I you know sometimes or another you want to spend time with people that like generally like like you and care about you. Mm-hmm. And, sure. And, and there was only four of the twenty eight thousand coaches there that actually gave a rip and wanted to talk to me like because they liked me. Um, the rest of them are just trying to use me as as probably trying to use you. All right, uh, search firms. Your job, I'm just curious, your job is to come with sometimes a top three or top five. How does that work with you? Do coaches you know, need to reach out to you? Do coaches need to? Or they just, you know, explain to me how that works a little bit. Sure. So the number one thing that all coaches should know, which is the biggest myth about search firms, is most of us, I can't speak for some competitors, but most of us, we don't pick the candidates. We don't get to pick who wins. We don't even get to pick who's in the pool. Our job is to run a great process, help yep. our athletic director, be a buffer with constituents, be a buffer with donors, protect our athletic director, and err on the side of the candidate. So if my job is that I have the search is, isn't good for the candidate, it's not good for my client, right? So if, if you're up for a job and I don't think you're right for the job, I'm going to be honest say, John, you know, I don't think you can get this job. I'm not going to run you through hoops. I'm going to be honest and say, hey, the biggest thing coaches can ask me is what are they looking for? Every coach thinks they're a fit for every job. You're not a fit for every job. The athletic director and the institution determines fit. You don't determine if you're a fit or not. Now, you might want the job and be able to convince me, okay, well, these are the things about me. You had no idea that, you know, my wife's from Boise and I did this and that. And Okay, great. Well, tell me why you think you're a fit. This is, why, this is what they're looking for. It's my job to tell every coach this is what they're looking for. How do you see yourself fitting into this? And, um, you know, I'm not the gatekeeper by any means, but I can. I do have, you know, a direct line to the athletic director. So if I think that someone is a great fit, of course I'm going to tell the athletic director. Of course I'm going to say, you know what, you might not be thinking, okay, I know you have these five guys over here that you like, but there are two right here that are fits for, they actually fit the description of what you're looking for. An athletic director doesn't know everyone, right? And it's my job to bring, you know, new people into the pool and just say, hey, look, what have you thought about this person? Tell me about, and they say, tell me about him. Okay, well, this, 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 and this. And I don't know those things unless I spend time with coaches. So I spend 365, you know, days a year, talking to coaches, speaking at your clinic, speaking at your think tanks, going to Final Four, speaking at the NABC, taking their calls. Um, I've had a lot of coaches this year just say, hey, should I move from my current staff? Or what do you think about this? I'm just a, a sounding board for people, right? So investing in their lives, knowing their wives' names, I mean, just, you know, everything about it. But then I can actually go to the AD and say, you might not be thinking about this person. And then, boom, they're in the pool. Now, 
I didn't get them in the pool. I just brought them to the AD's attention. I never, I never dictate who gets in and out. Does that make sense? Oh, I, I ain't going to sit. I'm sitting here listening. I want to hurry up and get done with the podcast so I can listen to it. Uh, <laughs> get, uh, go get online and apply for some jobs. I, I'm John. telling you, I'm telling you, phenomenal. Oh, man, all that's right, funny. all right. Let me ask you this. All right, so so let's say I am. Um, I'm trying to get in in the final five, or I'm close to getting the final five. All right, and this has changed a lot. Uh, who tell me how important like uh, resume, um, graphic designs on your resume, your packet, uh, your packet that you're bringing in your to you to your you know what's more important the 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 quantity, the quality, the you know as you're trying to give it to an AD or you're trying to give it to because these people are spending thousands on their graphic designs on on their little packet now. You know what yeah, I'm talking about. Yeah, and I don't necessarily. I don't think that's necessary. Um, so when you you know when you're getting a job, no one's hiring you based on your you know your what your resume, right? Yep. So I think that if you if you've done a good job, you've got great mentors, and you have to have a resume, right? You have to have a legible. This is where I've been. These are my responsibilities because there are search committees, and search committees like resumes. Now, I don't know that you need to go spend a bunch of money on graphics and putting pictures. But you know what I'm talking about. It's, like it's, the, it's the thing to do now. It looks a little narcissistic, right? So I don't ever hire. I don't ever look at a coach based on some graphic um, because I, I've already referenced them. I already asked around and, and what kind of person are they? How do they treat people? Can they coach? Can they recruit? What is their strength? What is, you know, what do they do really well? What do they not do so well? Um, who have been their mentors? Uh, who who can be their reference? You know, if you have an athletic director call on your behalf, that's much better than having, you know, Coach K call and pronounce your name wrong. Okay, um, that, that's what I want to know. Don't work, and I know you're getting to that, but let's go back to the resume thing for a second. So you have to have a legible resume. You have got to say, okay, this is what I've done. That's just a, a checkbox, right? You have to have, everybody has yep. to have that. Just because it's a committee thing, you got to do all these, right? So you have to have that. But if you're sending me a graphic, it better not look like a, a fifth grader did it. I know there are a lot of talented fifth graders, but <laughs> it looks like I had a, a person send me a ridiculous book full of all these graphics and all these people they've recruited and all this stuff all across the country. And it just looked like an, the most narcissistic piece of, you know, collateral I've ever seen in my life. Um, and then, of course, I look at the people he's recruited. I call it an assistant coach that he coached with three years ago. Hey, did this guy recruit all these people? Or were these? How do these players turn out? That's a big risk to put a bunch of players that you've recruited on your materials because somebody's done something bad. You know, maybe you don't even know about it, but someone's going to Google that and it's just not good to do. Um, so I would just stick with the results, right? So what have you done? What have you actually done? Not just say, oh, this is what I was responsible for, but what are the results? What happened as a result of that responsibility? You know, okay, I oversaw academics. Okay, great. Well, what did that result in? Which resulted in a team GPA of 3.7 or whatever, right? That's a smart team. But yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to just have results on there. Um, and the biggest thing is is the interview, right? You don't get involved in a search because you've got a graphic. So, okay. That's, all right. Before not, before we not, get to the interview. You're wasting your money. Before we get to oh – God, you are incredible. All right. All right. I'm old school. I didn't even know what graphics meant. I didn't have a graphic going down to see Bob Bodine, and that was scary. It, you were trying to get me flights. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Okay. I'm trying to get to interview. I'm desperately trying to get to interview. Do I have three people call the the AD and the search firm or whoever's running the search, or do I have 25 people, three people? I mean, what do I do? I you know I want to do enough, but I don't want to do too much. Tell me, tell assistant coaches what should I do? How should I handle that? 
I think it's very situational. I think if you can call, if you have someone that knows the athletic director personally or knows me personally, and, and maybe you and I've already talked on the phone, if you're an assistant coach and I liked you, okay, great. Uh, you know, you're kind of in the mix here. We're just going to see how this plays out. And then, you know, a differentiator could be someone who, who, who you've worked for. If they're in administration, I always have ADs call ADs, right? Or it's a coach that you've actually directly worked for. Don't just say, I met Jay Wright at a clinic and I'm going to have him call for me. That doesn't matter. No one wants to listen to that because <laughs> he can't speak to your specific performance. He can't tell you what you do, what you do well. And the AD is just going to say, well, why did, why did that just happen? You know, some ADs make it starstruck. You know, I had a D2 AD one time that got really excited about a power five coach calling him, but the guy didn't get an interview. He just was like, that's cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So ADs want to know from what well, they want to hear from people they know and trust, which are other athletic directors. Right. Just like coaches. If another coach calls you at about an assistant or an ops guy or something looking to move up, you're going to take that call because he's a coach and he knows what coaches want. And AD knows what ADs want. So if you have an administrator that knows the AD that you can say, hey, I got a reference with an AD I've worked with. That goes a lot farther than having three random coaches call. So I would say you get one call because then you're going to just make the AD mad. He's going to be very annoyed. You're going to look desperate like you have to get the job. And I know there's a fine line between being desperate and, and being ex- enthusiastic about wanting a job, but you get one call. All right. Gosh, you're good. All right. I've got on campus. Thanks, Katie. You got me on campus. Now I'm ready to roll. Um, I'm down to three. What do I need to bring to campus? Do I need to bring anything? Do I need to bring a plan, a packet? Uh, what do I need to wear? I know a suit, but tell me anything in particular that, that we can help assistant coaches today and or head coaches trying to get that next job. Tell me about that. I think if you're a head coach, you don't need a book. Your wins and loss records, your book, but and you already have everything in your head that you need to talk about, right? This is how I run my program. These are our core values. This is what my staff would look like. This is what you're pro, right? You've done this. But yep. if you're an assistant coach looking to move up, and if you don't have a plan, if you don't have all that in your head, you better have something and not necessarily you're not going to open it during the interview, but you almost have to have a leave behind if you're an assistant. Got Say, it. look, I've got a plan of action. This is what my staff would look like. This is what a program would stand for. These are the type of student athletes I'm recruiting. And it doesn't have to be 27 pages with like 100 tabs. right? Yeah, that's so what I want. How long should it be? It's not that. So just a quick little quick hitter and they're probably not going to read it. But the fact that they said, well, I had an interview. I was doing a search one time for men's basketball um, at a kind of a low major institution and uh, you know, we had a lot of assistants in the pool, and I would say, you know, five of the guys, we, we interviewed, I think, six guys. Five guys, there were assistants, had books. One guy didn't have a book. No one read the book, but they were like, well, we're all these, there must be the thing to do is have books. And the committee was just so <laughs> confused by why this one co- assistant coach didn't have a book. So from then on, I've always been against books because I think it's about the person, but I think it's just a validation point that says, okay, this person thought about how they would run a program. All right. All right. What am I wearing? What am I wearing? Dark oh, suit, white suit, dark, white shirt. Line suit on. You better get a, a dark, I would say dark blue, uh, navy. It looks presidential. Um, you know, someone you're walking in to the podium, they can they can envision you as the head coach. All right. right. So dark, dark suit, white shirt, power tie. <laughs> All right. You're good. All right. Give me some give me some things that I can separate myself. 
I wish I'd talked to you before I wore that dark suit. <laughs> Did you down wear to Bob gray, John? I wore gray wear... suit down to see Bob Bodine. Pinstripe gray. I knew I'd that lost it. That was back it, right? in like the 2000s, though. That might have been the thing to wear. I don't know. Well, it was. I was nervous enough talking to Danny Morris and then put Bob Bodine in the room. I was really <laughs> screwed. Um, uh, tell me, give me a couple other separators. Give me, I'm trying to separate. I'm trying to be uncommon. I'm trying to be different. I'm trying to stand out. Give me some other things uh, that I can do to help myself because you've given us great ideas. Sure. I think the biggest thing you can do in, in any interview is be confident and be yourself. You go in there, try to be someone else that you're not. You're not going to get the job. They can see right through it. Go in. Be overprepared. Know everything about their institution. Know what their AD is doing. Know what facilities they're building on campus. Know everything. Know something about everyone on the committee just in case at the end of the thing, you know, the interview, you're shaking hands and they want to say something. Hey, I heard you just did this in chemi- in the chemistry lab or whatever. Just know everything about the people on the committee. Now, a lot of committees are going to be large, right? So you're going to have a, a faculty athletic rep. You're going to have the provost. You're going to have the maybe a development person, certainly a deputy AD, the athletic director, a couple trustees, and maybe somebody else, right? Those are those are more common at, um, you know, high academic institutions I yeah. found or or institutions that are a little bit smaller, you know, Division One. Um, now, when you're going for a Power 5 job, there's no big search committee nine times out of ten. You're going to be the AD, a key trustee, maybe the president, and maybe a deputy or one other person, right? Four four people is what I would say. Um, so those are very, very different interviews. But both of them, you want to be conversational. You want to use specific examples. You want to talk about what you've done and how you've impacted the program and what you would do, you know, specifically at their institution. Anybody that stands there and just, you know, just pontificates and talks about, you know, vague generalities. That never works. They can see right through and they say, well, they just didn't answer the question. You don't know how many times I've heard that from committee members. They didn't really answer the questions. Answer the questions. You know, the things that they're thinking about when you walk in the door and, you know, Deloitte, the famous um, or the the, uh, consulting firm Deloitte did a study on what are people thinking when I walk in for a business pitch, when I walk in to recruit someone, when I walk in to an interview. And the number one thing they're thinking is, do I know you? How do I know you? Hmm. And the next thing they're thinking is, do I like you? So you got a minute, a minute and a half before they decide if they like you or not. So it's important to bring your personal environment, be energetic, smile. Smiling goes a long way. Um, be excited to be there. And don't talk about, about that I want to be head coach. Talk about I want to be head coach at this institution with passion and integrity, and we're going to win championships, and I'm going to be a partner to everyone on campus. That's what they're looking to hear. Cut. And the third thing they're thinking is, do you understand my needs? Which, if I don't like you and I don't know you, I don't really care what your needs are, right? Yeah. And then the fourth thing is, are you the best for me in my situation? Well, that's going to be important at the end, but that's not what you lead with. You don't go in there and lead with, look at my resume, look what I've done, me, 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 this is what I've done. Because you don't know their situation because you don't work there. So do I know you? Do I like you? Do you understand my needs and are you the best? And start at the top. How do I know you? Who recommended you? Why are you here? Right. And same goes with when you're a head coach hiring on your staff. You don't just look at their resume. You say, how do I know you? Do I actually like you? Do I want to work with this person? Mm-hmm. Are you a pain in the butt? So that's really what, what people are thinking when you walk in for an interview. But you have to bring a great personal environment. Smile. Uh, be relaxed. Just be yourself. Well, I, I've told a bunch of coaches, I said, you don't you have to be yourself. Because if you get the job, if you're if you're acting and say things that you don't really mean, and you get the job, that means you're stuck and you have to act like that and you have to do that the entire time mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. That, that's exactly. who they hired. They didn't hire who you really want to be. So just be yourself, and if they don't want you, they don't want you. At least, you know, you're going to be who you are. Um, 
Katie, you've been fantastic. I'm ready to go. This has been very fun, John. Listen, I'm ready to go. You were young. (laughs) You helped me through a tough situation. I was just trying to figure it out. And it's intimidating. It's intimidating uh, for young coaches, and you've got to be prepared. But in this day and age, you better know. You better know rosters. You better know people that's going to be on the committee. How can you find Mm -hmm. out who's on the committee? That's a good one. How can you find out who's on the committee? If they're using a search firm, ask the search firm. And you don't, and you know, the search firm is supposed to be your best friend because they're your key of information. You know, they're, they're your search for information. They're the key person that handle that's handling with the AD. I would ask them a lot of questions. You know, uh, who's on the committee? Can you tell me anything about, you know, what are the hot buttons that I, I should really hit on this? What What is the AD? And you never ask the AD this question, but you can ask the search firm, you know, what what is it about my background that maybe they have a question about? You know, what's, what's going to be the differentiating factor? You can ask the search firm all these questions because they're on the calls with the ADs and they're probably, and at least I am, I can't speak for my colleagues, but I'm always happy to help prepare all the, all the coaches for the actual interview. I can help them give some sample questions. I can help by, you know, just talking about, hey, this is a couple hot buttons with that the committee is thinking about. Um, these are the priorities this person's going to have to immediately attack. This is what they didn't like about the, you know, the, the previous coach. And this is something you need to differentiate. And this is kind of what they're looking to, to, to do. So that's really important. So, um, and also another thing I would say, John, is when you do go through a search process with a search firm, follow up with the search firm, even if, you know, the athletic director sometimes likes to call them personally, if they get to the, the finals and say, hey, you know, John, you did great. We're going to go another direction, right? The athletic director wants to call you personally. And I know that you're out, but I can't say you're out to you until the AD talks to you. And I've had people just not follow up with me Yep. after that. So, okay, well, I'm going to get other searches and I'm going to remember <laughs> that just, and it does, I don't really care. It's not an ego thing. I don't want to be the, the person, right? But it's, it shows your character. It shows that you're not a genuine, thankful person, right? When I've prepped you, I've helped you. And then you just don't follow up and say, hey, Katie, you know, uh, so-and-so called, they're going in the direction. I just want to thank you, you know, and if there's any feedback you can help me with, that'd be great. Fine. It takes five minutes to shoot a text, right? It's the so same really thing. Important. It's the same thing about recruits. Whenever we had a recruit tell us no, we said we're going to be big fans of yours. We're going to be cheering you on from afar, and uh, right, because exactly. because you never know when that kid gets unhappy and ends up wanting to transfer back. And so, exactly, you never know. Five years from now, that person leaves, and then you weren't quite ready for the job, but that's your dream job. The same ed's there. Boom, you're the person. Uh, Katie, you've been phenomenal. Like I'm, I'm going to hurry up and get this online so I can listen to it because you've been great. You've been phenomenal. No, what are you good at? What you do? Uh, oh well, thanks, John. I enjoy it. You know, I love helping people. I, love, I have a great passion for for helping coaches who help student athletes. You know, working on a college campus really changed my life and gave me a whole new perspective of what it is to be a coach. So I'm I'm excited. Um, you know, kind of about about the next steps in my my journey here and. I just appreciate you having me, and um, if any of you coaches out there uh, have any questions or anything, feel free to follow up uh, with me, and uh, it's Ventura Partners is the name of our firm, so just happy to help. Uh, Katie, you've been fantastic. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time, and um, who knows, our paths may cross again. I hope so, John. Thanks so much. Thank you.